Hey everyone, you're listening to the official podcast of The Calling, the young adults group of Glenwood Community Church. These podcasts are an anchor for us to meditate on and serve as our thought of the week for our Tuesday night gatherings over Zoom. While we shelter in place, we await the day that we'll all be able to gather once again as a community. Until then, we keep our eyes focused on God and the story He is revealing to the world. We're so glad you've tuned in with us today. We're going to go ahead and get started. Hey everyone. In John 16, 7, Jesus says to his disciples, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. Say what? How can it be better for Jesus to go away? Wouldn't being in the presence of Jesus be the best thing possible? But Jesus says it's better if he leaves. What's up with that? How can that be? Well, actually, Jesus tells us in the second half of the verse. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. I'm just saying, this helper's got to be something special if having him come to us is better than having the presence of Jesus. Well, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit is indeed something special. The word helper, as it's translated in ESV, is translated on other versions as comforter, advocate, or redeemer. In John 14, 26, we are told that this helper is none other than the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is saying that it's better for us to have the Holy Spirit than having Jesus in our midst. Now that's a pretty powerful recommendation. The writers of the New Testament have much to say about the Holy Spirit. The word translated as spirit occurs 383 times in the New Testament. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit does many things in our lives. He convicts us of sin and draws us to God. In John 16, 8, it says, He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Until we accept God's offer of salvation, the work of the Holy Spirit in us is to convict and bring us to Christ. So even when we are enemies with God, the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives. And the Holy Spirit indwells us when we are Christians. In the Old Testament, God dwelt in the temple in Jerusalem. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? In the New Testament church, the Holy Spirit dwells in each one of us, making us, as a church, the temple of God, and each of us individually, God's dwelling place on earth. First, he confirms our relationship with God. Romans 8.15 says, You have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Secondly, the Spirit points us to Christ. Jesus says in John 16.14, He, this is the Holy Spirit, will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said, he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So the Holy Spirit is declaring Christ to us. He causes us to think about Jesus, to love Jesus, 
to follow Jesus, even to have the mind of Jesus. The Holy Spirit does not seek to insert himself into our thoughts and minds. Rather, he seeks to insert Jesus into our thoughts and minds. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit works in our hearts and lives to sanctify us. In Galatians 5, 19-23, it says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, drunkenness, orgies, and such things as these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Fourthly, the Holy Spirit reveals the secrets of God to us. 1 Corinthians 2.12 reads, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. The natural person is not able to understand the things of the Spirit of God, for they are spiritually discerned. It goes on to say that we have the mind of Christ. Our study here is enabled and enriched by the Holy Spirit revealing to us the hidden things of God and making real for us what to the natural person is nice but meaningless platitudes. Finally, the Holy Spirit prays for us when we don't know how to pray with groanings that cannot be uttered. This seems to especially apply in hard situations where we don't understand what's going on or have little or no hope for the outcome that we want such as when there's an illness or death of loved ones. God seems to be saying that the most important thing we do is to come to him and share our anguish, fears, and doubts, and the Holy Spirit will turn that into an appropriate request to the throne of God. So my question for you is, are you opening yourself to the presence and work of the Holy Spirit in your life? Can you see him sanctifying you over time? Let me tell you a story about one small way in which I've seen the Holy Spirit work in my life. We all have times when we must fight through phone trees to find a customer service person to help us with a problem we're having. These are often faceless, nameless individuals that intersect our lives briefly and then are unlikely to ever cross our paths again. As a young man, I considered these interactions to be simply a way to get what I wanted or needed and thought no more about it. One day, one of my daughters commented to me that she would never take a job in a customer service role because she did not want to have to talk to people like me. That caught my attention. Was I really that bad? The short answer is yes. I decided to work on changing that. Many motivational speakers will tell you that it takes 24 days to change a habit. This was not a 24-day wonder. I found that it took me many years to change this habit, and I can't, still can't say that I've got it nailed. But in most cases now, I think about the person on the other end of the line and try to have even a brief interaction with them that acknowledges them as a person before I try to accomplish the transaction. So how did this transformation come about? First of all, by the Holy Spirit drawing to my attention 
an area that needed changed. In this case, through the words of my daughter. Then by bringing me to the point of accepting that I needed to change and to a willingness to embark upon change. Finally, by reminding me over and over again that I'd messed up in a particular situation and encouraging me to try to do better the next time. This is an example of the Holy Spirit working in our lives to sanctify us. How does the Holy Spirit indwelling you change you? How can you engage with the Holy Spirit to sanctify you in a specific area of your life? Is there one area among the fruits of the Spirit that you'd like to see changed, that you would covenant with God to work on over time? Asking God to help you become more like Christ is one prayer that God always answers. Let me pray for us. Thank you, Jesus, for sending the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Help us to engage willingly in the work of the Holy Spirit to make us more like you. In your name we pray. Amen. The music you hear in this podcast was produced by our friend Kalen McKinley. We're thankful for his gifts and talents as he lends them to us during this time. We'll see you guys next week, but until then, stay home, stay healthy, and stay safe.